Welcome to the Wealth with Purpose podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Uh, Of course, the most common cause of marriage breakdown is considered to be financial conflict. So cost of living pressures turning up the heat on people's finances and there's a natural flow on that impacts our relationships. And if you didn't hear, predictions of another four interest rate rises before August, got to be some impact there. Let's welcome Alex Cook back to 2020. Hi, Alex. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Alex, I know you'll be looking forward to the tour, Marriage and Money, and I know that listeners will recognise these are two of the most important issues to be considering, especially as you're navigating tough times. Hey, give us some insight here, Alex. Uh, The most common problems that emerge when people come under pressure financially, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I guess the obvious ones, particularly at the moment, uh, is the excessive debt levels. Uh, you know, I've said before, uh, Australia is the second most indebted households on earth. And I really feel for particularly young people who have taken out home loans over the last two to three years, you know, they took out a home loan during the sort of the COVID period at record low rates, um, you know, unprecedented lows around 2%. Um, the Central Bank of Australia said that they weren't going to put up rates until... 2024. Uh, Six months later, they were raising rates uh, at the fastest pace uh, in history. So they're up 3% since April last year. And uh, as as people might be aware, the inflation figures that came out last week were uh, unfortunately higher than expected, which looks to me like therefore there's going to be more pressure on um, the central bank to keep raising rates. So unfortunately, that debt level is going to have a real, you know, biting impact on uh, couples that are trying to pay off their home loans. So that excessive debt is probably the real, really obvious one. But the one that's sort of closely correlated to that is insufficient emergency funds. You know, it's it's the classic case of a rainy day. Rainy days happen all the time. There's the unexpected that comes into our lives, whether it's, you know, job loss, uh, could be a health issue that comes along and we don't have enough money to, you know, set aside. So that's one. Uh, and the good thing about that one, that one is actually, it's very easy to avoid some of the issues that can be triggered by the unexpected just through having emergency funds. So that's uh, a way to deal with it. Just before we move on there, Alex, interesting thing about emergency funds, because some people will look at their bank accounts and they'll say, well, there's a bit of a buffer in there. Uh, that I would consider my emergency fund. Do you, in fact, with your emergency funds, need to have something that's locked away, uh, liquid in an emergency, but locked away a little bit? Or can that emergency fund be something that, you know, goes along and, uh, you know, bubbles along with your own finances if there's a little bit of uh, extra uh, weight and a little bit of fat in, the, in, in, your, in your bank account? Mm, look, great question. So I would answer it in a, in, a, in a few ways. Firstly, it does need to be liquid because the idea is that you should have access to it to it fairly quickly. I would say you want to have access to it within, you know, 48 hours. You know, maybe you have a major car breakdown or a health issue or something like that. So I'd say you want to have easy access to the money. But because there's a massive temptation to dip into it, um, I always say to people, have it in a separate bank 
to the one you use on a normal day-to-day basis. So actually use a completely different bank and that way it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. You don't want to have to think about it other than if a crisis comes that you can then dip into it at that point in time. So make it a little bit harder to get at. Put it maybe in an online savings account where there's no ATM access. So you don't, you know, you can't just go to the ATM and get access quickly, but you can access it if an emergency does actually occur. So that's, I guess, part one of it. Part two is many people listening will have a home loan. And I say to people, uh, if your home loan provider offers offset accounts, you can use an offset account as building up an emergency fund. So some banks will allow you to have multiple offset accounts. So I say, if you've got one of those type loans, use an offset account to build up your emergency funds. That way, your emergency fund is actually working for you. In other words, an offset account, as people might be aware, reduces the interest payable on the home loan. It essentially offsets it. So the interest is zero on that portion of the loan that's in emergency funds. So put that money in the offset account and use that as a way of reducing your interest, but still having access to the money if the emergency comes along. So it's a good way to handle it. Let's talk money and marriage here, because when we talk about the big challenges, the common problems, uh, and how money affects our relationships, our marriage, our family. Uh, some of the other issues here we ought to be on the lookout for. Yeah, so uh, we've covered some of those big ones, but the ones that I see from time to time, one is hiding money. So one spouse may have a, a separate bank account uh, where it's, they've, they've funneled money off from their, from their income and put that money aside. And that, of course, leads to a problem at some stage in the future. Because my uh, experience with this, and and I've seen it with credit cards too, people rack up a whole lot of credit card their spouse doesn't know about. And that ultimately leads to discovery. And at that point, there's a breakdown in trust and hence conflict. So my view is never hide money from your your spouse and, and never don't be transparent. In other words, don't hide credit card debt and things like that because ultimately all these things will eventually get discovered. So that, that's that's a one that's not as common, but I have seen it a few times. Um, possibly though, the most common one is just when, uh, you know, the, the joys of marriage is we're often different to our spouse and uh, you might be married to a spender and perhaps you're a saver or vice versa. And of course, the one who's the spender and the saver, you're talking about two different values here, and then they can come into conflict. There's lots of good ways to deal with these is, and that's the kind of thing, you know, we're going to be covering in this this event that we're running around the country. But it's a very real issue, though, um, where there's this this difference in habits. And there could be habits, you know, we picked up from our families. you know, our childhood, the way we've been raised, the way we've been taught about money or not taught at all, as many is often the case for many people. But that those different habits and different behaviours can, of course, lead to to conflict. So they're, they're some of the, the more obvious ones, I think, uh, Neil. Let's talk about some biblical foundations here, because when we talk, we're looking for the wisdom of God when it comes to money and on marriage. So is there a biblical model that you can look to uh, if you're talking through issues uh, where you've got pressure on your finances? Mm, oh, 100%. Look, and this is where, I mean, look, I love how God's Word really is designed to help us 
for, have great marriages. Uh, we've just got to stick to, to God's plan rather than our own. <laughs> um, look, the, the biblical model is, you know, when we read um, the words in Scripture where it talks about two becoming one flesh, to me, the question is, well, how does that then apply to money? I mean, we, we think of two becoming one flesh in, in a physical sense or in a spiritual sense. But if we think about it in a financial sense, it has quite important implications. One implication, for example, is that um, we should be interdependent on each other. You know, as, as husband and wife, we should be dependent on each other and dependent on God. So that's an important thing. We should also treat resources, our, our family finances, as shared resources. They're not his or hers. They're shared resources. And we're called to steward those resources for God, for his glory. And then, of course, having shared goals and vision. And, you know, I think we touched on this briefly last week about this idea around goals. But goals are really valuable for a married couple because they set you on a path, as in they point you in a particular direction. But they also allow you to sit down and work out together, you know, a plan with God for your finances. So that having that shared goals and vision is critical. Uh, and then shared responsibility. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, Clearly, in most marriages, one partner is the one who's responsible for the household administration. You know, someone's the one who's paying the bills and doing that kind of thing. However, you need to both be responsible for the key decisions. Are you with us, Alex? Uh, just a little bit of a, a freeze there. Are you there, Alex? I can hear you loudly. Yep. Yep. Okay, sorry. Yep, I've back, got you. Yep. yep. Hey, um, hey while well, you're sharing these things... Um, there's something very interesting going through my mind, perhaps in listeners too, because as you said, uh, sometimes we don't think of being one flesh and including our money in that. But of course, uh, what you're beginning to describe here is the thought that uh, when you have a shared goal, a shared vision around money that can strengthen your relationship, but if you don't have that shared goal, that shared vision, shared responsibility, it weakens your relationship. So money here as a strengthening of our marriage rather than a, a threat to our marriage. This, I guess, comes back to a sort of a, a godly intention here. A hundred percent. And that's exactly right. I think God's intention for marriage is it'll actually bring us, money should actually bring us closer. Clearly, in many cases, it tears people apart, but that's not God's intention at all. Quite, quite the opposite is it should be something where we, we draw closer together and where we ultimately work towards unity. And the other great thing about it, and I love this because, you know, of my own faults in my own life, is it brings balance to your decision-making. You know, husband, men and women are different. And so we bring in different uh, skills, different qualities, different characteristics that are different, that are designed to be complementary and to be a blessing to one another. So in my experience, this brings balance to decisions. Now, if I was to give a, just a really simple example, and this is a generalization. That is to say, it's generally true, but not always true. So men typically are more risk-taking uh, and women tend to be more risk-averse. Not always true, but often true. So by putting man and woman together, of course, you're then bringing balance to decisions. You're, you're, on one hand, you've got someone stretching and then you've got the other hand, you've got someone saying, hey, let's think this through and maybe do it a bit more differently or carefully. So that is designed for our benefit and for, you know, for God's glory. So 
these are th these are things where God's intention is that our marriages should be strong and working towards, and money should be should aid in that process, not detract, <laughs> as it so often does. And so for listeners who lock into the Marriage and Money Tour that's coming up, starts in mid-February and there's dates on the Vision website. Uh, listeners can check on where those, uh, those uh, seminars are going to be held. Um, you're going to be teaching people the connection here, marriage and money. And in some sense here, money as part of the equation helps us to learn to live with the person that we've chosen to marry. Uh, an important element in that, Alex. A hundred percent, you know. <laughs> you know, when we uh, we stand at the altar, we, uh, we make our vows, we're making a commitment to live with the person that we've chosen. Um, and so we then, to honour that commitment, we need to live by, by God's word. And so really the idea of the event that we're putting together is to share biblical wisdom, both on the relational side of things and on the money side of things. So that way, the idea, you can walk away hopefully after a day with a lot of just great insights into how you can apply biblical wisdom to your marriage and how you communicate with each other, how you deal when conflict comes up, because conflict is inevitable. It's not really, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And so how do you deal with that in a way uh, that's loving towards your spouse when you don't agree on financial issues? How do you deal with that? And how do you move on through that and actually do take some action? And then of course, on the, the, the practical side of the money, we want to share biblical wisdom about that. I mean, as uh, I've said to people before, people are shocked when they discover how much the Bible actually says about money. There are 2,350 verses on money, wealth, and possessions. And so God has so much to say on this that will benefit us as individuals and of us as couples and uh, really helps strengthen our marriages. So a crucial year to be thinking through issues around money and marriage, and that's why you've decided to team up with Focus on Family for this tour. And, you know, issues around the home we live in, whether it's a rental property or if we've got a mortgage, uh, the holidays we'll be taking this year, the sort of schooling that we choose to send our children to, uh, you know, our career, do we change, do we stay, uh, all the different priorities. These things are very significant for a year like this. And, and to be talking marriage and money, you want to be able to emerge from this year with a strengthened marriage, not a weakened one. And this is the sort of thing you'd be paying attention to, Alex. Yeah, 100%. So look, one of the the, the things with uh, marriage, we, we get married and then we often discover all these differences, <laughs> um, you know, and you, you touched on a few of them before about different expectations. Like let's take schooling, you know, do you put your kids in a public school or a private school? Where do you live? Do you live in a... a, a a uh, middle-class area or do you live in a more expensive area? Do you, what kind of cars do you drive? Do you borrow lots of money to, to live a certain lifestyle? All these things uh, are things that we haven't been taught well about at school, certainly. And of course, when we go into marriage, many people haven't actually addressed these issues prior to being married. And so the end result, of course, is different expectations mixed with different upbringings, uh, mixed with different spiritual maturity, personality differences and, and all of a sudden you've, you've got a, a potential uh, recipe for conflict and as I say the good news is though is that these issues can all be resolved it's just learning um, how to align ourselves uh, correctly with God's word 
And so what, rather than saying adopting his approach or her approach, it actually why don't we adopt God's approach and God's way of doing things uh, and then apply that to our marriage and to our finances. And when we do that, I think this year you'll be setting yourself up for a really strong year, but also a strong future. You know, we want our marriages to shine. You know, we've got a, a world where divorce is rampant and we want Christian marriages to, uh, to shine brightly and to, uh, you know, and, and there's a fabulous environment for raising our children. So we've, we've got to do the heavy lifting and uh, learn, learn these things because uh, we're all affected. Undoubtedly, it would be the ideal for a husband and wife to both attend a, uh, a gathering, a seminar, uh, the tour uh, dates that we're talking about here because you're going to be exposing uh, marriage danger zones. And mm-hmm. I guess if you've got danger zones that you are navigating, uh, sitting there together and uh, helping to formulate some sort of plan to negotiate those is going to be the best way to approach it, Alex. 100%. So we've designed the, uh, the events so that obviously couples can come along together but we don't want that to detract from people who, uh, for whatever reason, maybe their spouse can't make it, maybe their spouse is not so keen. We still want you to come along, even if you're, you know, you're married, but you, you can't get your spouse there for whatever reason, no problem. You'll still benefit enormously from it. Um, but as, as Neil, as you, as you indicated, there are danger zones when it comes to, to money. And uh, one of the issues that I always address with these type of events is just the, the common one of uh, couples having separate bank accounts. Uh, I always say to people, that's, that's a bit of a no-no, try and avoid it at all costs. There may be some reasons why that you may do that, but generally speaking, it's a no-no. Have joint accounts, so you've got complete transparency. Everyone knows where the money is and there's nothing being hidden. It's all out in the open and you've got, you can work together. So that's just one, one simple one. Um, of course, there are many other danger zones uh, that cause lots of headaches for couples if they're not uh, if they're not careful. But as I say, don't be deterred if you're you can only come by yourself because we want to see uh, everyone blessed by it. Well, let me just give for listeners uh, some dates here for the marriage and money seminars and conferences because some of these are going to be uh, longer all-day conferences, others are going to be shorter seminars. And for listeners, you might want to lock in the free live stream that's happening on the 22nd of February, 7 till 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time, 7 till 8.30 on the 22nd of February. You'll be able to uh, register to be part of that. It is free uh, when you go onto the Vision website at vision.org.au. And you'll get the dates too for the Marriage and Money Seminars and Conferences. It starts on the 15th of February in Melbourne, West the night after in Melbourne East then in Brisbane on the 25th of February the 1st of March in Geelong 4th of March Melbourne 8th of March Newcastle 9th of March Sydney 11th of March in Sydney it is the marriage and money seminar and conferences the tour uh, which is going to feature a wonderful alignment Uh, Alex Cook from Wealth with Purpose who we've been listening into this morning as well as the team from Focus on the Family. So marriage and money, it really will be very important. Hey, and to connect with Alex Cook, wealthwithpurpose.com. Lots of good free resources on there. But do register for that live stream. It'll whet your appetite for a significant tour that's coming and at a very, very important time for 2023. Alex Cook, 
Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and heart with us today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth with Purpose podcast. For more great biblical wisdom and free resources, please visit www.wealthwithpurpose.com.